Hi everybody and welcome back to The Risen. Uh, we are gathering here again. This is going to be for Sunday. Um, and so basically what kind of what I want to do is I want to talk to you about something that God laid on my heart while I was at uh, Falls Creek. That was a, it was my last year going to Falls Creek as a student. Um, and God really spoke to me this week and, and I'm going to share some testimony in that. Um, so without further ado, let's jump into it. Um, so what I want everyone to do is to jump with me in their Bible to Acts, the book of Acts, and we're going to go to chapter 1. So Acts chapter 1. Um, just a little bit of context, if y'all don't know, um, you know, the story of the gospel and everything. Where we're at in, in the history of the Bible is Christ has just died, risen again. Um, he has talked with the disciples, he's given them some teaching and some commands, and now he is about to ascend to heaven until the second coming of Christ. And so, um, the scene that we see here is Christ and the currently 11 disciples, because they had not yet um, got back a 12th, so the 11 disciples are gathered, um, and, and we'll just jump in right there. So, Acts 1, verse 1 to verse 11. Sorry, verse 1, no, verse 6, Acts 1, verse 6 to verse 11. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or season that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So, um, really beautiful scene. Um, and this kind of marks the beginning of the ministry of the apostles as individuals, not, you know, walking with Christ, walking with him through Christ's ministry. Um, so it's an important time in the history of the Christian church. Um, but I want to talk to you all how this scripture had an impact on me and how God had an impact on me this week. Um, when I was doing my quiet times, uh, specifically the first quiet time of the week, Falls Creek has built-in time for, far, for quiet time. By the way, if you don't know, Falls Creek... Is, is I, I, I don't know if it's the largest, but I'm pretty sure it's the largest church camp, at least in the state of Oklahoma. And so um, I'm doing this built-in quiet time, and I finished the, the content that they've given us to read and, and whatnot. And so I just feel the need to go to the book of Acts. I don't know why. I do love the book of Acts, but I just felt like I should start studying the book of Acts. So I go to Acts 1, and uh, I just read. Um, you know, the first couple of verses of Acts is pretty much just an introduction into what the book of Acts is, like the majority of um, at least the New Testament books have in the Bible. And so, uh, but then I get to verse 6, and I stopped at verse 11 for that day. Um, and so I read this scripture, and I take some notes and whatnot, but it really didn't mean too much to me at the time. And so later that day, later that night, uh, we are at Evening Tabernacle. And we're, we're praising God, we're worshiping God, 
um, I'm singing these words, and it's as if I could hear the audible voice of God say, Son, I already have. And it, again, really didn't mean a whole lot to me. Like, it, I just kind of was like, okay, and kind of moved on, uh, continued with the night, listened to the sermon, um, you know, went down as a member of the decision team, got to talk to somebody about a decision they made that night, and just went on with my night. But near the end of the night, I realized something huge, and it turned me back to what I read in Acts. You see, in Acts 1 through 6, or 1, 6 through 11, um, in this scene, the first thing that we hear the apostles say is basically they ask God, okay, is this when you're going to restore Israel? Is this when you're going to bring us back to the promised land? Is this when you're going to, you know, um, kick out Rome, whatnot? And God, Christ basically says, this is, this is you know, not information for you to know. And I, I guess what I got out of this is that God will not always bless you the way you believe you should be blessed or, at the t- or in the time frame that you, should, that you believe you should be blessed in. Um, God has a plan, and more often than not, we uh, we are not thinking on the same page as him. And so more often than not, we're not going to receive the blessings that we ask for at that moment or in the way that we ask for them because we're not on the same page as God, and we're not asking those blessings within God's will. Um, and this is because we don't see God's blessings the way that God sees them. We don't see the things that God sees as blessings. Uh, the way God sees them. And, uh, you know, saying this, the reason I say this is because a really big hindrance recently in my walk with God has been uh, my heart and not uh, emotionally or spiritually. I'm talking physically. Um, I think it was maybe, I guess it was two years ago, uh, due to um, me falsely being diagnosed with uh pneumonia, I started to take some medication, um, and also they were th- thought I had a season-induced um, asthma, which is asthma is something I grew up with, struggled with as a kid, but it hadn't bugged me in a long time, um, and so I started to take this medication, and as I was doing that, I would notice that my chest would hurt and feel different, and that was, you know, it w- you know we kind of started watching my heart rate and stuff, but we, you know, we didn't think much of it, and then one night, I was driving, um, my, I was driving Caitlin home, when I felt this sharp pain in my chest, and in my left arm, and, uh, I thought I was having a heart attack, um, and so when we got to her house, we got in the car with her mom, and we went to the ER, well, when I got to the ER, um, they ended up taking an x-ray of my chest. Uh, there was no sign of pneumonia in my chest. And my heart did look very healthy in that x-ray. And so they just assumed that the medication I was on was causing my heart rate to accelerate. My heart to accelerate. Yeah. And so they, they got me off the medicine. They gave me a medicine to slow me down. Um, but we do have a heritage uh, or I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but we have a, a history in our family of heart conditions and, and heart illness, and my, my mom's dad died of heart failure. And so my mom thought it would be a good idea if I could get in with a heart doctor. Now, at the time, I wasn't even, like, old enough for our local heart doctor to take me, but he did anyway. They don't, 
I was 17, and they don't take people till they're 18 because the majority of people they see are like older than 40. But I go to this heart doctor, and, and they run some tests, do some EKGs, um, and they find out that I have a leaky valve. And that was kind of the end of it for a little bit. And it was kind of no big deal until this year. Uh, I always give blood. Um, the blood drive would come to my high school. And so I always gave blood. And this year I gave a double, which I had done before and had no issue with. But this time um, I started to experience palpitations. And so we go to the heart doctor and they don't really know what's going on. And so this whole time through all of this, I'm trying to act brave and like I'm not scared because I don't like people thinking I'm scared. I don't like think people thinking I'm weak. And so, um, but I was, I was terrified and I, I still am scared at times because we don't know what's going on yet. And we're, I'm wearing a heart monitor right now and we're going to run some tests and we're going to try to figure this out, but I'm scared. Um, and so I've just been asking God, when are you going to heal my heart? When are you going to fix this? When are you going to reveal to the doctors what's wrong with my heart? So that way they can know what to do to make it better. And so when I was sitting there in worship, when I heard God say, my son, I already have, it hit me. And I realized that to this year, 11 years ago, when I accepted God into my heart, into salvation, he fixed my heart because I had the heart of a man who was doomed to hell and now I have a heart of a man who has received eternal life and um, yeah it crushed me for a moment to realize that I had been sitting here wasting my time and my spirit and my spiritual walk with God you know um, missing opportunities to share the gospel, all these things simply because I was asking God, when are you going to heal my heart, God? When are you going to make this better? When are you going to tell the doctors what to do? When at this whole time, God was just trying to show me that my heart had already been healed. Blessings don't always come when we want them or how we want them. I, I don't yet know how this will be a blessing, but I have no doubt in my life that it will. And the reason I say that is because I have far more experience with how bad things can be blessings. And um, just a little bit more of my testimony was um, I was put into an abusive situation where there was an individual who was abusing me. And so there was also another, another person who was being abused by this same person, and they were uh, younger than me. I had the understanding and the knowledge to know that something was wrong. And so I said something about what was happening. And had I not been there in that situation, experiencing what that other individual was experiencing, going through what they were going through, I would have never known that that was going on. And no one else would have. And it would have possibly gone on for much longer than it has. But let me tell you now, that no longer happens because... I said something, and I'm not saying, oh, wow, look at Levi. No, I'm saying look at God, because God put me into that situation for a reason, with a purpose, so that I may uh, say something so that that child that was going through the same thing I was no longer had to go through that experience. But not only that, God put me in that situation so that I have the knowledge 
of the pain and the shame that comes with that kind of situation. I know what that feels like so that when someone comes to me and they say, Levi, I struggle. This happened to me. I'm struggling with shame. I'm struggling with the pain with it. What do I do? I can tell them my experience. I can share with them my testimony, and I can tell them what I did and what God did through me so that I could be okay, so that I could move past it, grow past it, find a way to eliminate that shame through God, so all glory to God in that. And I firmly believe that's why my heart is doing what it's doing. I firmly believe that God is only going to use this as a way to bless my life and to bless others. But most importantly, I know that God is going to use this so that may so that sorry, God is going to use this so that he may be glorified. Now that statement somewhat sounds kind of selfish. Why would God do something to me that, that could be harmful so that he could be glorified? Let me tell you that if it takes my death for God to be glorified, it will have been worth it. Because God deserves glory that much. I know this because God himself sent down his son to die on a cross so that what? So that God could be glorified. So, when we find ourselves like the 11 apostles staring into heaven, waiting for God to bless us, waiting for God to restore our Israel, let us remember that we should go, turn around. God has called us to a mission, go and see how God can bless us through that. See how God can use what has happened to us, what is happening to us, and what will happen to us to bless us, to bless others, and to glorify him. Because I promise you, if you do that every day, if you if you start every day with that mindset, you will be a difference maker for the kingdom of heaven. An amazing song. Um, that I, I really haven't heard in a long time that, I, that came back to my head just the other day when I was thinking about this. Um, a few of the lyrics go like, they, they, a few of the lyrics are, uh, sometimes the blessings come through teardrops, I, I believe is what it says. And some, or no, no, no. Sometimes the blessing comes through raindrops and the healing comes through tears. See, a lot of people, they say trials are for growth. Trials are so you can grow in endurance. And that is so true. But I think sometimes, God also uses our trials. I know sometimes that God uses our trials so that he may be glorified, so that we may that, that we may be blessed and that others may be blessed through our experience of that trial because when they go through that same trial, we know the words to say. We know how to be with them. We know how to show compassion to them so that they may endure the trial the same way we did and glorify God just as we have through that. There is nothing that God cannot use to glorify him because he is that glorious. The whole world and everything within it reflects the glory of God. It's like um, 
I saw this video of this person restoring this old mirror from the Roman Empire, and he does all this polishing and everything. When you first see it, you would never get the mirror. It didn't reflect a single thing, but he polishes it, and he goes through all these stages of sandpaper and uh, this and that and the other polishings and all this stuff, and by the end, it is possibly one of the most reflective things I've ever seen in my life. Everything on this earth reflects the glory of God because he is that glorious. So, to be honest with you, yes, I am sometimes still caught up in the fear of what will happen with my heart. But whatever it may be, God will use it for his glory. And there's nothing else I want more. Let's pray. Dear God, I just, I thank you for this time you've given me to um, reflect how you have impacted me this last week. I just, I thank you that you are omniscient and omnipotent and because I don't know what I'm doing and I don't have the power to do it, but you do. Help me to remember that everything that happens It is within your will and plan that it be so. You are Alpha, you are Omega. You are beginning, you are end. You are everything in between. Help us to be blessed through our trials and help us to glorify you to you.